Thank you for tuning in to the Bright City Podcast. We're so honored to share this moment with you. For the next few weeks, our we will be in a sermon series called The Invitation. We are using clips from the TV series called The Chosen. So what does this mean for our podcast listeners? Each episode or sermon will be based on a few clips taken from The Chosen TV series. In order to have the full experience, we'll put the episode information and the timing of each clip used in corresponding order in the show notes. Now you might be thinking, this makes it really difficult to listen to the podcast as I drive, walk, or even work out. My prayer for us is rather than this being seen as difficult, it will allow us to be intentional as we listen and hear what God has for each of us. Listen to the message, take time to watch the clips, and I know God will meet you in a mighty way. I'm so excited for today's message, and I pray it blesses you beyond your wildest belief. Good morning, Bright City. How's everybody doing? Good. Uh, this week, I'm so excited. We start a new sermon series called The Invitation. And we're actually going to be using a TV series called The Chosen. Is anyone familiar with The Chosen? All right, we got two, three. Okay, we got some people. We got some people. This is good. All right, so this is the one thing. So pastors are always telling you to watch and binge less TV. Can I get an amen? amen. This is the like binge-tastic show. So just like download the app binge the show. It's amazing. The Connellys, we've been watching it together, and it has been so incredible just to kind of see the things that we read to kind of come to life as someone is portraying them. And kind of how they've done it is they've taken fictional moments and and characters, but they're portraying actual events that happen in the Bible, and they've become very, very powerful as I watch them. And so as we journey together in this series, uh, we're going to meet some of our favorite biblical characters, if you have favorite biblical characters. Some of you might not have any, uh, but we'll see people like Peter. We'll see people like Nicodemus. We'll see John the Baptist. We'll see Mary, the mother of Jesus. And what we're going to see is them trying to figure out how to live out the invitation of Jesus. Like, I think for us, it's as simple, especially growing up in the South, it's as simple as like, okay, so I always went to church on Sunday, and so therefore I show up at church on Sunday, or, you know, I always heard my grandmother talk about the things of God, and so therefore I just assumed that I would show up and kind of learn about the things of God. Uh, but these people were working with like real life, live information. Like they were getting and downloading Jesus like as it happened. So as I have like 2,000 years of history where here's how Jesus showed up and this is how we celebrate Christmas and this is what this means on Easter and we eat the like Easter bun sandwiches and the cross buns. Anybody else do that? You know, we have these traditions, but they're really showing up and this guy is claiming to be the Messiah and they're having to follow the guy who claims to be the Messiah. They knew they were expecting a Messiah. They had other people say that they were the Messiah and now another person comes and says, they're the Messiah, and he's extended an invitation for us to leave everything that we had to follow him. And so they're kind of seeing Jesus in a moment where they're, it's all revealing live to them. And so we're going to see how they live out this invitation. And so kind of how today will work is I'm going to play a few clips, and then I'll preach, and then I'll, you know, I'll play a clip, preach, play a clip, 
preach. And so uh, one of the most amazing things today is I get to introduce you to one of the kind of the main characters of the Chosen series, who's a really great character. I want to introduce specifically this person who's going to help us today. All right, so some of you might have guessed that this is Mary of Magdala, Mary of Magdala. And kind of to find out more about Mary, we have to know kind of where she's from. She is from a fishing village actually called Magdala around the Sea of Galilee where Jesus did a lot of his ministry. And so he probably met Mary as he went about and did ministry. And here's what Luke 8 says about Mary of Magdala. After this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and so also women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, who from seven demons had come out of her. And so based off the Bible and based off of kind of the depiction here, we see that Mary was in need of help. Mary was being tormented by fear, even as from youth up into her early adult years. And for a lot of us, we are familiar with fear. Um, and maybe it's some of us, it's not necessarily fear, but there's other things in our lives that remain and kind of play in the background as we're trying to follow God and trying to live out our faith in this world. But hers was fear. And so my question is, what about you? Have you ever struggled with fear? Have you ever lived with the issue of fear in your life? Maybe it's something that you thought you dealt with and then you get on in life and it, you get into a situation and you still hear fear kind of playing in the background of your mind. Maybe you're like Mary in this moment where she had fear as a kid. Like I still remember some of my dreams growing up. I would have these like scary dreams and I would have these dreams where I would be at a place and I would try to like speak and I couldn't speak. Is that anyone else in a dream? You're like, I had the dream. I wanted to say mom and I couldn't say mom because I couldn't speak. And now all of you are ready to check me into a therapist or counseling, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you're like, Nick, you've lost your mind. I've never had that dream. But maybe it starts as just simple dreams as a kid and it moves on to real life fearful things. One of the things that I find interesting about fear is I think that we as a culture are really comfortable talking about fear generally, but we do not talk about fear specifically. And what I mean by that is that we, it's one thing to say that we struggle with fear, and it's another thing to go ahead and listen to that podcast or read that book or try to figure out how I can get courage over my fears. But it is another thing to confess that fear that fear specifically unto God, because if we can confess it specifically under, unto God, he is able to heal us specifically from those fears. And I think it's so easy to say that I am fearful or I struggle with fear and way more difficult to say, you know what? I actually struggle with, with loss. Like I struggle with the fear of loss. Like I've lost some loved ones in my life and I just, you know, I, I really have a hard time uh, with fear specifically when it comes to that. Or maybe it's the fear of remaining alone in life. You're like, man, I feel super alone right now, and I'm afraid that I'm always going to be alone. Or maybe I, you're in a relationship, you're like, I feel super alone in this relationship, but I'm stuck with this person, and I feel like I'm going to be lonely for the rest of my life. If it's not maybe loneliness in general, maybe it's a, a fear of disease or sickness, like, man, that... That's kind of a reality right now, right? It's like, oh man, I, I wasn't afraid of, of sickness and now I am. Like I was talking with someone earlier and it's like, you get a cold and you're like, oh gosh. It, but back in the day, you used to just get 
sick and it was fine. You were like, oh, I'm a little under the weather. It's okay. But now there's things that arise when we do get sick. Uh, Maybe it's none of those things. And maybe you have a fear of God. And I'm not talking about like a healthy fear of God. I'm talking like, man, I, I really want to follow Jesus with all of my heart. But I'm really, really fearful that he's going to cause me to give up something that I really, really love. Like, I, I really want to accept the invitation of God on my life, but I, I really don't want to lay down all the things that I have in my life. And I feel like if I accept that invitation, he's going to call me to lay down the things that I don't, want, I don't want to lay down. And so sometimes we have this hesitation when it comes to following God. Maybe it's not God. Maybe it's church. You're like, hey, listen, I'm fine with God, but it's the people of God I'm really scared of. I don't know, you know, the people of God. I can't be around the people of God. Uh, growing up, I remember these uh things and and fears that I had going to church is I had grown up in this church and I had been going to this church as a little kid. But for whatever reason, I just always felt super fearful about going. Uh, One of the fears that I had is that they were going to make me read aloud. Anyone have that fear where you're like going to show up in church and the pastor's going to be like, hey, today we're going to do something different. Take out your Bibles and we're all going to watch one of you read Matthew 5. Let's do it right now. Like, for some of us, that might be the fear. Um, I also remember when they would ask you to read, I was super afraid because I knew that they passed out Bibles. And somebody would have, like, a picture Bible. Somebody would have an NIV Bible. Somebody would have a student Bible. They were all different Bibles. And because they were all different, they all had different page numbers. And I remember one time them asking me to read, and I looked over at my friend, and I was like, what page is that? He was like, they're all different. It's all different pages. Like, it's not the same page. Your page number is different than my page number. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Or even worse, pray out loud. Has anyone had that fear? You pray out loud, you're like, oh, my gosh. I also remember uh, the feeling of not necessarily fitting in when I went to church. Like, I knew that I was a part of a single family home, and I knew everyone else had two parents. And I was like, oh, okay, one of these things is not like the other And so I always had fear growing up when it came to church. Whatever the fear is in our lives, the root of every fear is darkness. God is the author of faith, and the enemy is going to do everything he can to bring fear into every situation. That's just what he does. God creates faith, and the enemy wants to bring in fear. Every fear that we have is part of some sort of darkness that the enemy wants to put into our lives. Uh, When our kids were young growing up, when they were growing up, uh, we would always have uh, these white noise machines. Has anyone ever experienced the white noise machine? Okay. I I kind of actually sleep with one now. I got the little app and I get the little low hum going. And it, you know, we got an old house, creaky house. I hear everything. Everything always feels like someone's breaking in, like the air kicks on, and you're like, who is that? What's going on? It also doesn't help that we've been broken into like four times. Yeah, so that's a thing. But I always sleep with white noise. But when growing up, when the kids were, were getting older, we would have white noise, and it would kind of be in every room. Because if you have multiple children, the one thing that the children cannot do is wake up the siblings. Like, it is the one thing. If you have four kids and you go from four to two kids because two of them are napping, that is the only vacation you have that day. That is the only break. Like, you get to eat. Like, you get to breathe. You get to sit in silence. And so if one of those kids wakes up the other kid, then it is punishable by death. It is. 
And so you would have white noise throughout the house in order to help with the noise. Well, one of the things that happened is that when we played white noise, we just kept increasing the white noise because we kept increasing the kids. And as a result, we just didn't notice the white noise anymore. And so we would leave it on. And so people would come over and they'd be so excited and they would walk in the door and they'd be like, oh gosh, like where's the plane taking off? Like, is there, is there a plane in here? So like, it sounds like a 747 happened. I remember mother-in-law coming over and she was like, do you guys live like this? Like, is this how y'all live every day? And I think oftentimes that's what it looks like to live with fear. It is the white noise and it is the hum in the background. And because it's always been there, we never identifying as it not being of God when it's of the enemy. And it is the constant hum that lives in the back of our heads and as a result in our hearts and in our souls. This is what fear does. It is the noise in the background of our minds that we are willing to live with. And we don't want anything to change because it's just always been that way. But for Mary, you'll see in this next clip that childhood fears had turned into tormenting fears. She had reached a place where she had had a demonic stronghold in her life. The fear had multiplied and it got to a place where it was out of control. I want to pause and tell you about a special opportunity for the people of Bright City, Charleston. Have you ever struggled to live like Jesus in your own context? Do you struggle in having a vision of what it looks like for the church to bring the kingdom into culture? I know I've struggled with both of these things. A few years ago, we wrote a curriculum called The Way of the Bright, a creative vision for shining in a dark world. The heart behind this curriculum was to provide the owners of Bright City with a path to order our lives around seven different tenets to help us encounter God and shine in our culture. This fall, for the first time ever, we're offering The Way of the Bright as one of our weekly groups so we can walk through the material together, growing closer to God and growing closer to each other at the same time. This will be an incredible group for all who struggle with having a vision of what it looks like to live like Jesus in our world. This would also be an incredible opportunity for anyone who is new to Bright City or anyone who wants to dive in deeper to this church family. We're hosting the group here at Bright City Church every Monday night for eight weeks starting on September 13th. The groups start at 6.30 p.m. and will wrap up at 8 p.m. And for all those who need it, we'll be offering some amazing children's activities. We're anticipating a fruitful time as we navigate this sacred commitment we can make with one another and God. And I can't wait to see you there. So as you see in this clip, Mary becomes known by being the one who's tormented every day. She's known as the one who's experiencing this overwhelming fear. And so they end up sending a Jewish leader or a holy man to come and kind of cast out the demon. And this is actually going to be Nicodemus in the Chosen series. And so this is kind of Nicodemus, and we're getting to learn more about Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes in the room, and he starts saying anything and everything, and he starts swaying this thing back and forth, and he's trying to muster up everything he can, and he starts calling out on the angels. And honestly, I'd heard some of those names, but I had never heard of the angel Raphael. Like, 
I knew of the Ninja Turtle Raphael, but I never heard of the angel Raphael. And he starts saying all these other things, and he starts saying Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, but he actually leaves out one very important name, and that's the name of Jesus. And so when you look at this clip, I mean, it kind of is like, oh, this is weird. Like, are we even allowed to, like, watch this in church? And I think we disassociate ourselves sometimes with things like this. And I think even in my own heart, it's very easy to say, you know what, like, that doesn't happen to me. That's not going on. And, and man, that was really, really something. And what I find is that fear might not look like that externally, but it might look like that internally. Like it might be that thing that just screams louder than anything else in our lives. Like you might not be throwing yourself around a room, but you can be sure that the enemy is throwing your soul around inside of you. And so you see this moment and Mary kind of gets to this place where, where nothing is working. Like she's trying to recite the scripture of her youth. She even tries having a drink or two. Uh, there's actually a moment later on where she will even contemplate ending her life. I mean, this is what fear can do when it's unchecked. And so unchecked fear becomes the white noise that plays on or the only noise that lives in the background. So when it comes to your life, like what is playing loudly in your soul? Like what is tormenting you? Like, what is happening in your soul where you're like, man, this is not of God and I don't know what else to do with it. And I think sometimes we try to fix it too, right? Like, like the how-to industry right now is booming because we're all looking how to end these things or fix these things in our lives. And so maybe we'll turn to a book or a podcast and it's like, hey, here's how you live with fear. But we also forget that God doesn't want us to live from, uh, with fear. He wants us to be freed from fear. And if it's maybe not something like that, we'll try to turn to something outside of God. Like, oh man, I just, I just need something to fix this. Maybe if it's not that, maybe it's some sort of like vacation or retreat and you get on the vacation or retreat and you realize that fear has followed you on that retreat. Uh, maybe it's somebody that you're like, man, I've just, I can't do this anymore. I just need someone else in my life. And so I'm going to enter into a relationship and this is going to fix the fear in my life. And so one of the things that I find is at a point we will reach the end of ourselves. But the most beautiful thing about reaching the end of ourselves is that's the beginning of God. There will come times and there will come moments where we are walking through life and we realize there is nothing else that we can do. We have no power over whatever's happening in our lives and everything that we try to do to fix the thing that's happening in our life, whether it be fear or something else, we reach the end of ourselves. And as a result, that becomes the beginning of God because being at the end of ourselves can be a very powerful place. Let me show you what I mean by that. So for us this morning, what I, what I really feel like God is doing, I think he's doing one of two things. And I love that they ended this moment with where they began it. Like if you remember back to that moment with our father and they're reciting verses and they're just trying to say what they know to say. And this is as being people of Israel, you're taught to say Isaiah 43. And so, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed 
redeemed you and I have summoned you by name and you are mine. And so they were taught over and over again to say this in moments when it felt stressful or moments when it felt fearful. In fact, when you read this in context, it's one of the most amazing places in Isaiah because the, t- the page turns. Like this moment in Isaiah, it's like, hey, this is happening. This is going on. This is how you've strayed. This is what's going on in Israel. And then all of a sudden, God speaks up and he's like, hey, I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care where you've ended up. And I don't care what plagues your life specifically with fear. I am doing a new thing. And I'm going to send a Messiah. And the Messiah is going to step in and he's going to redeem you. He's going to call you by name and he is going to call you his. And so growing up, they probably heard this and they were generally okay with hearing it. Like they had become familiar with it. They had heard it over and over and over again. So they came and they grew up. And at this time, they were expecting for that political leader to come in, to step in, to ease all their fears by being this political leader that's going to make everything happen and change all of their circumstances around them. And what God was trying to show them is just because you're generally familiar with God does not mean you are specifically familiar with God. And this is a word for us who have grown up in the South in church. Just because your butt's in the seat doesn't mean his heart is in your body. Just because you are generally familiar with God does not mean you know him intimately and specifically. And so you see in this moment, Jesus steps in and he's like, hey, I don't want to be just familiar with you anymore. I don't want you to live with the fears anymore. I'm going to call you out of the fears. I'm going to remind you. I mean, it was one thing when our dad was saying it. But when you see fake Jesus' lips move, I mean, can you imagine these words coming out of Jesus' mouth? Like, it's one thing to hear our dad say it. But when he says, thus says the Lord, it's like, oh, oh, hold on. That, that is thus says the Lord. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Like Mary was known as Lilith around town because she changed her name, but Mary was Mary, and the only people who knew Mary was Mary was her father and her heavenly father. And I think when it comes to our relationship with God, he sees you for who you are, and he sees you intimately, and he calls you by name. It is not a general thing with God. It is very specific. It is very intentional. And he says that you are mine. I don't know what's going on in your life, and I don't know what you struggle with, but here's what I do know is you do not belong to the struggle. You do not belong to the fear. You belong to the Father. And so for you, if you've grown up around Christianity, if you've grown up around Jesus, the invitation for you is to be intimately and specifically known by Jesus. Like, do you know that he knows who you are? He has called you my name. You are his. You are not, you don't belong to the fear. You belong to Jesus. And so he's calling us out of the familiar and into the very specific intentional relationship with Jesus. And then there are some of us that we can't pretend like we all show up and by osmosis know who Jesus is. Like even if we've been in church all of our lives, like we might not specifically know who Jesus is and what he's done for us on the cross, but there is the invitation to accept the call of Jesus on your life. How amazing is that, that the Son of God calls us by name to follow him. 
I mean, this was the invitation to Mary that changed her life. Mary is going to be one of the first proclaimers of the gospel in the gospels, in the Bible. Like she's going to run from the tomb and she's going to say, come see the risen Savior Jesus. Like go and tell the boys what happened because Jesus is not in that tomb anymore. And it started with that first calling. And so have you had that first calling? Has Jesus called you by name? Has he invited you to follow him? Here's what I do know is that Jesus is calling this morning. The invitation is to follow him. He has loved you. He has redeemed you. He has called you by name, and you are his. Well, how do, you, how do I know that you are his? Because when Jesus hung on the cross, he purchased each one of us. It wasn't just that he said our name. It was that he put his name and his body on that cross. He was pierced for you and I. He died for you and I, but he did not stay dead. He rose for you and I. And that power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead is at work in this moment. It is at work in this room. And he is inviting you to follow him. I'm so excited for the invitations that are going to come as we journey together. But the invitation this morning is to be called out of fear and to be called into the marvelous light of him who calls you, him who has redeemed you, him who knows you by name. You are not the fear You don't belong to the fear. You belong to Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. Father, we just ask that you would do it on... Father, I just pray that, um, that we would just see Jesus call our name, that we would just see Jesus saying those words over our lives. God, we don't want to grow familiar with your son. We want to be changed by him. We want to be renewed by him. We want him to call our name when we struggle. We want him to remind us that we are his. Father, we are just uh, grateful for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bright City Podcast. If today's message and clips from the Chosen TV series prompted you to answer the invitation to follow Jesus for the first time, we want to hear about it. Please email us at hello at brightcity.church, and we'd love to help you take the next steps in your faith walk. If you call yourself an owner at Bright City, thank you in advance for your generosity. You can do so by Venmo at Bright City or by visiting brightcity.church slash generosity. Additionally, if you have any other questions, please feel free to visit us at brightcity.church. And lastly, I'd love to close our time together with a reading from Matthew 5. You are the light of the world, a city built on a hill that cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven.